Thanks for tuning in today. You're listening to the official podcast of First Alliance Church in Great Falls, Montana, creating passionate followers of Christ. Today's message is from a special guest speaker. Good morning. Oh, you can do better than that. Good morning. There we go. We have to get fired up here a little bit, right? Well, I do um, um, want to thank you for being here today and um, pray for me. This is uh, when Pastor left, he said, Tell your story. And um, I have to admit that uh, parts of this story I haven't been uh, anxious to tell at times. And uh, so it's uh, kind of a bit of a challenge for me today. Appreciate your prayers. Um, and I'm focusing on the, the passage you see on the screen today. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And uh, that's a, a favorite passage of mine, probably the favorite. And. Um, you can take that uh, home with you today. Keep it next to your heart. It's a great, a great word from the Lord. Um, well, I am a retired pastor, and uh, and I've known Pastor John for for many many years. And um, he asked me to share part of my personal story. Uh, really, as part of the the whole identity identity in Christ. Uh, sermon series back in on in August. Unfortunately, um, I did end up with a blood clot in a lung, and uh, want to thank uh, Pastor Tim and Jen for stepping in and sharing that week, and also uh, for all of you who prayed for me. And I thank uh, thank the Lord that I'm I'm doing well, and uh, very thankful for that. Uh, Pastor, as I was saying, was aware of some of the trials uh, that my wife and I went through prior to coming to Great Falls. And uh, he asked me to share part of uh, that story with you this morning. And uh, I can, I still remember his words. And uh, after you hear this, you'll probably understand more why I've, he said, share your story. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't have much uh, much to um, argue with there, so I'm sharing my story today. Um, and I do, again, want to pa- uh, thank uh, Pastor Tim and Jen for stepping in when I couldn't be here and uh, for all of your prayers, and, and I really appreciate that. But uh, Pastor was aware of uh, some of the trials my wife and I went through prior to coming to Great Falls, and and he did ask me to share this this morning. And um, so I'm sharing a part of my life story in ministry. Uh, and I, I share this not as a, a great example, but to urge and uh, encourage you to, uh, to study and meditate upon and pray about and rejoice in the, in, in the Christians in your Identity in Jesus Christ. That's what this message is about and what that really means. Um, a little bit of background. 
Um, I'm going to share a bit of my life about uh, uh, coming to know the Lord became, before we became a part of the family of faith here at First Alliance. But I was born in a small town in northern Minnesota, very cold. I laugh when people say, well, it's cold here. You haven't seen cold. Uh, I've seen uh, 45 below uh, for about, in the evenings, for about three weeks in a row. That is cold. And how you ever keep a car running in those temperatures, I still can't figure that out. Maybe we didn't, I don't know. But um, I graduated from high school in 1966, uh, and I had a great interest in machines, and I still do. Um, and uh, how machines worked and how they were made. And after graduation, I went to uh, an industrial education college in Wisconsin. And along with uh, a, earning a teaching degree there, I also met my lovely wife over here, and she's uh, with me today. And along with the Lord Jesus, she is the light of my life. Well, after teaching for three years in Wisconsin, I took a teaching position in the, the cold, frigid lands of northern Minnesota, and it was uh, there that both Ann and I met uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. So he must like cold weather too. But I taught high school uh, with one of the best men and best teachers uh, and most committed Christians I've ever met. I'm sorry, he's with the Lord now, so it kind of gets to me, but... Through the, the ministry of a dear friend, Laverne, friends, Laverne and Barb Hammer, both Ann and I came to know the Lord. Um, and we, after we became uh, very involved in our church's uh, ministry and eventually felt the call to leave our careers as teachers and go into full-time ministry. So after selling our, our house, which everyone said was not possible because it was just a, a very difficult economic time in our nation, but we ended up did selling it to the first people who looked at it. And so we said goodbye to our home and to our careers as teachers, and we headed off to four-year uh, education and pastoral min ministries at Bethel Seminary in in St. Paul, Minnesota. And this is where it, it gets kind of scary. After graduating from seminary, I accepted a, a call to pastor uh, a, a small country church in northwestern Minnesota. Uh, we visited, we preached, uh, we met with the church, its leaders, and I was called to a full-time ministry there, which I accepted. And we served about four and a half uh, constructive years in that church when I learned that uh, the church's pianist and one of our young deacons had an affair. And with great sorrow and travail, we worked through counseling with the deacon and his wife, only to learn that Another young leader in the church was also sexually involved with the same woman. Unfortunately, the woman involved was unwilling to be counseled, 
and, and left the church. Uh, with love and restoration in mind, I, can, I counsel both of the young men and their wives through this terrible time. And uh, none, of, none of what I'm, I'm sharing now with you was ever publicly announced or talked about by me or Anne uh, through those difficult times. But what happened after these events proved to be uh, the most horrific, faith-challenging time of our lives. Um, although two of these families involved in these events were reconciled, their marriages saved, unfortunately, the large extended families of the men involved felt overwhelmingly angry and anger and shame over the failure of these two prominent young men. And rather than turn to the Lord for healing and restoration, they look to take their anger out on others. And that's where I come in. In their eyes, someone other than their sons had to take the blame for what happened. And that blame was directed at me. And I'm, I'm not saying this to... Um, that you would feel sorry for me or anything. Um, but uh, maybe if nothing else, to come away with the sense of how much we need to pray for one another. We need it. Um, some have said the Lord, the, the devil does his best work in the church, and there's some truth to that. Fortunately, the Lord does a much better work. But... Um, now is really where I come to a part of this story that's my testimony uh, that I've never, uh, never shared this publicly and probably never would except that a pastor asked me to. But through this whole ordeal dealing with uh, uh, this adultery and counseling situations, I was nearly broken as a man and as a Christian. And the pressure on me was overwhelming. There were a couple of the families in the church that were understanding and supportive of us. But they could only do so much. And I hate to say it, but in the midst of all of this, I seriously considered suicide. Fortunately, we met with our denominational leaders and they sent us to counseling and some friends came alongside to encourage us and our denominational leaders also met with the church but their efforts did little to change the situation. In time, uh, we came out of this kind of swirling vortex that surrounded us and uh, there were friends uh, inside and outside of the church that supported us and did what uh, they could to come alongside and encourage us in these difficult times. Our denominational leaders uh, counseled us and the church. However, in the midst of this, the Lord 
blessed me blessed me with a blessing that has stayed with me and supported me the rest of my life. And this is really what I want you to take away from this today. I came to understand, I came to understand that if God's one and only Son, Jesus Christ, died for me and is now and forever will be my Lord and my Savior, nothing else, nothing else in the whole panorama of life can change or override that reality. The Apostle Paul in Romans 8.28 said, And we know that in all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Think of that. Think of that. In all things, God, our God, works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all the joys, the good times, the bad times, the challenges, the troubles, in all things, our God, our Lord Jesus Christ, works for the good of those who love him. Now, I came to understand that even in the most difficult circumstances, even in the most difficult times, the Lord is still at work to bless. He's still at work to strengthen those who trust in him. The Lord works for the good, for the good, for the good of all those who love him. In the midst of disaster, I came to see that the love of Christ and his salvation is my all in all. It's my all in all. In all of life's blessings, this marvelous love of God in Christ is the greatest and the most important blessing you can ever receive. I learned that my world could literally clap, collapse around me, and it did. But the love of Christ would never, ever fail me. In the course of our lives, all of us, in one way or another, will likely experience terrible, challenging situations. The story may be different, but the despair, the dismay, the discouragement, 
of the experience may be quite similar. The Lord did not bring us here today together to solve all our problems. He did not bring us here to protect you and me from all the nastiness of life. Nor does he promise we will be free from the condemnation of others. God brought us here today so that each one of us could realize more than anything else more than anything else, that Jesus is our Savior unto eternal life. And Jesus is also our all and all right now. He's our all in all. In other words, the stars and the moon could fall from the sky. The world could erupt in chaos. You could lose all your worldly possessions. You could even lose your life. But you will never, ever lose the love that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has for you. That is the one thing you cannot lose. And that's why I say, Jesus is our all in all right now. Jesus is not just there at the end of our lives, but he, his desire is to walk with each of us every day, every hour, every minute of our lives. Yes, to save us to eternal life with him, but also to walk with us, to walk with us in the joy, in the peace, and even in the, the times of sorrow, and maybe especially in the times of sorrow, to give us fullness of life in the here and now. And you know, uh, as Americans, um, the word want, which sometimes we translate into need, is a powerful thing for us. But when everything is said and done, there's only one thing you need, and that's the love of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's given to us. He's given himself to give us Fullness of life here and now. The Apostle Paul in Romans 8.28, one of my, probably my favorite passage. And we know that in all things, in all things, God works for the good, the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to your purpose, his purpose. In all things, 
God works for the good of those who love him. That's yours. That's yours. You want a treasure? That's your treasure right there. That's your treasure. He works for the good of all those who love him. So before you leave church today, I call us all to commit ourselves. I call you to commit yourself. And I call me to commit myself to a fuller and a deeper walk with Jesus Christ. He loves you. He loves you in the greatest way that anyone could love. And he wants to walk with you, not just on Sunday, but every minute, every second of every day. So my prayer for you today is may God bless you with the fullness of his love. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord, and we know that uh, life can have uh, some great tribulations in it, Lord, some great struggles. And I think probably everyone here today has experienced that at one time or another. And Lord, I just pray that um, you would impress upon us how much you love us, Lord, and uh, how deeply you care for us. And that there's never a minute or a moment or a second or an hour or a day that you don't love us, Lord. And Lord, may we open our hearts wide for you, Lord. That you would come in and fill us, fill our lives, Lord. Remind us, Lord, that you walk with us each day through every circumstance, whether it's a joy or a sorrow. You are there with us, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for your great blessings to us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We hope you are blessed by the message today. Follow us on social media to keep up to date with church news and events.